Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. What happens when a boy and his brother go on a road trip in search of their missing mom? Filmed over an expanse of 25 years, two brothers go on a 2,000-mile road trip to solve a family mystery. Shooting on nearly every camera format imaginable, from hand-held, hand-developed Super 8 film to RE4K, Sam Harkness and his older brother, Reed, used used their creative world of fiction filmmaking to dive headfirst into dealing with an issue that binds them together. The film is called Sam Now, and uh, we're joined today by the director of Sam Now, Reed Harkness. Reed, welcome to Film School Radio. It's nice to be here. It is what I said in the introduction. It is a very emotional film, touches on a lot of issues that most, if not all of those people who will be watching the film will be able to relate to in some way, whether it has to do with kind of intergenerational trauma, family issues, issues regarding your relationship with your mom and your dad and your brothers. And it's all told in a very direct way. It's also told through film. You are, as I mentioned, a filmmaker. You and your brothers did a lot of that kind of thing. Your friends got together and made movies. Tell me a little bit about at what point in all of this stuff, all of the things that we see happening in the film, did you decide that you had what you needed and or you were going to continue to pursue this story as a documentary film? This is a really good question. Um, Because I started this project as a teenager and it spans 25 years, there was a lot of points where I thought I had a movie. At the very beginning of the film, I start by making very short films featuring my brother as he's growing up. We're seeing him grow up through the years through these movies. Candy bones? (laughs) Again, my brother, we (laughs) called him Candy Bones. Uh, He was always falling down and then just bouncing right back up. And, you know, that's something that I wasn't able to do, especially as a teenager. I was, you know, (laughs) it was, I was mortified. I was was like, what is going on? What is happening here? Nobody told me about this. This is crazy. So many falls. um, And um, I just, uh, I really admired his charisma and, you know, his his seeming resilience. And when it gets to like, you know, this big elephant in the room issue that comes up in the movie, my stepmom, Sam's mom, is missing. We approach it with the same kind of uh, spirit of adventure as we do our little fiction films. And we decide that we're going to see if we can just go head on into seeing if we can do something about this pretty urgent issue. I'll also mention that my other brother, Jared Harkness, was extremely depressed at the time. His mom had been gone for about three years when we decided to do this and, you know, dropping out of school, um, completely checked out. And um, it was really hard for us to witness. And uh, Sam was kind of took the opposite road and was more or less kind of getting involved in sports and school activities and just trying to, you know, maybe, maybe by seeing what Jared was doing, just trying to do the opposite thing, just trying to stay above water, not face the thing at hand. 
So when we talk about making a film about it, it's an appealing idea to him. And we, we go on this road trip. That's really where the documentary begins. And that was in 2003. The reason that I followed through on this for so long is I really wanted to see not just Sam grow up as like get taller. I wanted to see what maturity looked like, especially through the lens of here we've got this like major problem in the family. What happens from there? And um, to my uh, style of working, I found that, you know, I was just going to be patient and get to this place where I could really see that with Sam. And I feel really good about what we were able to do in the movie with Sam's character arc. There's a lot to unpack in that answer because it is it is about family. It is about this idea, which is in and of itself harrowing to think about, to contemplate, to have one of your parents, particularly your mom, Joyce, who essentially would very little warning, if any, disappears from your life without explanation. And I can't imagine, I mean, if a parent were to die, that would be traumatic, obviously. It's the trauma of not knowing what happened, and also maybe even more important, why it happened that haunts the film. Yeah, I think that was the, it's, you're you're left with confusion. Um, Nothing adds up. I think most people look to their mothers as that ultimate stability uh, figure that is is there to bail them out when things go wrong or just just there, you know, just just you can rely on them. You can call them when you need to. Um, we take it for granted. And I think in this case, when we see um, my stepmom and my brother's biological mom just like vanish, you can see, you can really see how strange that is for them. It doesn't make sense to them. The feelings are so confused because they don't have any concrete reason to attach this to. They don't really have like, oh, she needed to go because. So they're left, they're just sort of left in the lurch. And and then this does a thing to our whole family where lots of people that are affected by it you know, very tight-knit family, uh, but um, nobody really has a good answer. Well, what's so interesting about the film and about the dynamics with your family is it affects all the people that I see in the film differently. Um, Sam seems determined to bounce back. He seems determined to, he seems to want to stay on that energy that we see early on in the film, he seems to want to be able to continue. That's what he's about. That's what he he continues to move through his life like that. And then we see Jared, who takes, as you described earlier, a very different path on, on what happened. And you, and I'm wondering just in terms of, you know, you're in this family, but you're also chronicling the family. You're a filmmaker. You are telling a story, looking through the lens, telling the story of what happened in your whole family. How does that change your sort of the, the, the whole experience for you? How does that how does that affect you? You are chronicling something and in some ways, I don't know I don't know where you put down the, the camera part of your life and mm-hmm. you become, you know, 
the sun? I was a really shy kid growing up. I think I had a hard time, you know, really expressing myself. And I think I got really excited about movie making and at a very early age and realized that it was a way that I could show something or say something that I had a really hard time doing otherwise. So you get to see the genesis of that um, a little bit through these <laughs> these little films that I make with my brother. And then how I I begin to approach, you know, this sort of family issue with the camera. And I like to think of the camera as both um, it's like a flashlight and a shield. It's something that in this movie I use to shine light on things that aren't present, that aren't being seen, skeletons in the closet. And I also use it as a bit of a shield because I'm not like Sam. I'm not the guy that bounces right back. I don't feel like I have that natural armor built in. And I go into conversations with family members, the adults, the the ones that are supposed to know better and you know have all the answers with more confidence than I would without it. Mm -hmm. I'm able to ask really hard questions and basically challenge myself because I'm doing a project, I'm making a film. I'm not just myself going in, <laughs> hey, do you wanna talk? I'm saying, hey, I'm doing a film about this and I wanna to talk to you, it's important. And in that dynamic, you have a little more power in that, in that moment than you would as walking in as, as Reed, just walking in and having a conversation because people, it changes people, the way that they respond, the way that they act around a camera as opposed to yeah. not. So there is in your inquiry to to these people in your family and others, the, uh, the, the fact that you're documenting what's going on. And again, there's it, it, it lends so much to this film. It lends so much context. It lends so much power to the film. And um, I, it's hard to talk about the film without, I don't want to give more away about it than I, than I need to, but I think the elephant in the room is, are we going to go looking for your mom in the, in the film? And that's a natural question. She's been missing. We assume there've been rumors about her whereabouts and the, we know from, from that. And that is where the film goes from being basically, oh, I wouldn't say a home movie, it goes on, but it becomes something a very much of a different, it, a different film, a different context. Everything about it changes in that in that moment in the in that one day that you said, "Let's go!" Right? You, you were the one who said, "Yeah, let's do this," or was that was that Sam? I can't. I'm trying. To <laughs> it came up in uh, out of frustration. There's a. I was. Um, we were talking about the next film that we were going to make, next fiction film short film that's right and um you know sam's been the star of all these movies the sam movies sam <laughs> one through five and in in this conversation you know we always had conversations about like okay well what's what are we going to do in this next film and you know sam would throw out things like how about uh you know a pirate or how about you know <laughs> he, would, he would suggest crazy ideas like he was talking about in this case, these like twin robots that were gonna that he was gonna battle, and it was gonna be this whole superhero thing. And I think I, by this point, was like, okay, I'm getting a little tired of the, <laughs> the motif, and and I just blurted out, "How about if the Blue Panther finds his mom?" 
Sam's alter ego, <laughs> the Blue Panther. And he's he's like, yeah, you know, like it, it, it was like it took thinking about things through the lens of our fiction filmmaking, our kind of play acting, our fantasy world to be able to open up that door. Every other time we had tried to talk about Joyce leaving, it was usually just like, just total close off. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't have any answers, you know? Right. But the idea of doing it through like this world that we had created somehow made sense. Right. And I would say in that, answer in, in that journey of trying to find out where she is and what she's doing that is such a loaded idea whether she's happy sad you know the all the all of the possibilities become possible in terms of where she is and what she's doing with her life and do you want to know i mean there's that sort of that element within it and i'm so glad i'm we should all be glad that you you pursued it because um it's just a very powerful it's powerful the, the whole idea of intergenerational issues the travel almost through dna down from one generation to the next feels like this is something that everyone like i said i think on some level everyone will understand you mentioned the the robot idea the fact that the 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 idea was that they would split into two and then I think uh, uh, they split twice. Is that was that the deal? They split twice, and and so there's almost something Freudian about that in relation to your family. I I, just, I made that connection almost you know immediately when I was watching the the way that you were cinematically playing that out about that. There was something very much about your family in that regard. I just felt very. I don't know if that's overstating it or I'm being. I think there's I think there's a lot of details that in the early days where I'm capturing a lot of film that is experimental, that is animated, that is really just trying to capture these different emotions that I was feeling about, um, like coming of age, growing up ideas, having Sam as an actor. I didn't realize the archive that I had created and how that could possibly be used in a documentary like this but i had a carried a camera with me probably <laughs> like all the time th for a certain number of years um late 90s through mid 2000s and amassed a giant archive of super 8 film and that film is used as visual metaphor as this sort of layer of b-roll that represents this quality of um, of fantasy of fiction of like i think that that's one thing you don't get to see in documentaries is like what are the dreams of the characters what are they you know like what are they what do they think about like when they're off camera um yeah. but this gives us a sense of oh this is how they like bomb this is how they do think about things these are the characters that they like to develop and this is what they think is funny so that creates for me this like amazing richness to the movie um the dynamic between fantasy and fiction and how those things play at each other i think that that creates a heightened truth really i want to remind our listeners we're speaking with reed harkness he is the director 
as well as the cinematographer. What else are you? Producer, I believe. And and uh, what am I leaving any hats? Oh, I, uh, I, I did other things. I did, did the things. sound in the movie, but uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Film Sam now is what we're talking about. Well, at this point in our conversation, I want to bring into our discussion the producer, one of the producers, Reed Harkness is one. And this the other one is Jason Reed. Jason, welcome to Film School Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, we we're just talking about uh, the the films that Reed had been making with Sam, and kind of how that is serves as kind of a a backdrop, if you will, kind of a context for some of the some of the films issues. Jason Reed, where did you come into this project? How did you get involved? Reed and I have like an interesting backstory. So I grew up around the corner from Reed and the Harkness family in North Seattle. We are childhood friends. We're one day apart in age. Reed and I, and my last name is Reed. His first name is Reed, and yeah, so I knew Sam and Jared and Randy and Joyce and everybody growing up. And then Reed and I kind of got disconnected in the teenage years and early 20s. And our parents ran into each other in the neighborhood and we had both become filmmakers separately. And that's when I got exposed to like the films that Reed was making with Sam. And he was part of this tiny picture club and doing all these really cool Super 8 screens right when I had finished my cinema studies degree at University of Washington and was getting into actually learning digital filmmaking and editing in the early days of Final Cut Pro. So yeah, and, and Reed was just working away at this project. I went to some of the Sam film screenings and was really inspired in my early years of filmmaking to pick up Super 8. And then, yeah, we just kind of kept talking and stayed in touch over the years. And, you know, Reed, the project would kind of come and go. And then in 2015, we got breakfast in Portland one time when I was in town. And, you know, I was kind of like, hey, what's the deal with Sam now? And we kind of just agreed to work on it then that he would start shooting again and that we were going to try to figure out how to get it done once and for all. And that was seven years ago. And we've been working pretty nonstop on it since. Reed had mentioned how he had shot a lot, a lot of film <laughs> on all kinds of formats. And I'm sure sort of unpacking that on sort of getting a grip on what you, he had as far as usable and, and relevant uh, um, footage um, you were continuing to shoot Reed, right, during this period of time after Jason came aboard, right? Yeah, I had been shooting throughout, but things had kind of plateaued a little bit in the with the characters, and there wasn't much progress. But then things had like just around that time that um, Jason and I reconnected, and uh, things had heated up, and things were things were starting to happen, and so we realized, you know, like hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to need a little bit of funding. And so we started doing like grant applications and that whole thing too. Well, Jason, ballpark it. About how many hours of footage do you think we were looking at? Yeah, well, when I first came on board, we had all the Super 8 and the VHS. And then there was the huge archive of Mini DV, which is probably, the Mini DV was probably a couple hundred hours. And then the Super 8, it's like deceptive because there's like a 24 hour timeline of Super 8. These are like these beautiful films that Reed made, like a lot of which was gold, like hours and hours of which. And these are just silent Super 8 films. I, I would guess, you know, once Reed was done shooting from 2015 to 2022, we're at least 500 hours. We haven't really like strung it all out yet. But like the hardest part about that was figuring out of these like beautiful Super 8 films, which ones can include, because really it's not like we could have it for the whole time being Super 8 films that we had to be really strategic in how we use them. And so that was probably one of, one of the more difficult elements of the edit. This was definitely the most complicated 
editing project. And I've edited a lot of feature documentaries. This one takes the cake, but also the most joyous one to edit because I had this wealth of materials. And like you said, in every format imaginable, you know, Super 8, Super 16, VHS, Mini DV, every form of HD you can imagine. It was really kind of a joy to get to work with all the beautiful stuff that Reed had shot. So, well, first of all, your personal connection with Reed, you know, the family, you know, the broad outlines of the story, you know, probably almost all of the internal dynamics, right? I assume your, your sort of intuitive knowledge of what you were working with was a tremendous help to you. You didn't have to, there was no, there was little to no learning curve, right? Exactly. I knew who Aunt Cindy was and Grandma Doris and who, I didn't have to be like, read, well, occasionally I'd be like, read, is this your cousin? Or, but like, for the most part, like my memory served as like a good benchmark to like know who all the characters were and kind of even know the setting, right? I grew up in the same neighborhood. So it's like, oh, you're down at Howler Lake. Oh, you're walking around the neighborhood. Oh, there's Northgate Elementary School. You know, we we share such a similar background and, and context. It really, I think it would have been a lot more difficult if I didn't have that personal connection just to orient around the footage. And I'd seen all the, you know, a lot of Reed Super 8 films. So I knew the concepts of all the different Sam films and stuff because I'd seen them before. And so... Uh, you know, I was the person who definitely like watched all or almost all of the footage and kind of had when we had to pull something out of the archive, I was probably the best resource to do that, even though it was still really hard sometimes where Reed's just like, there's this one shot of Sam and he's looking off and, you know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, I don't know what shot you're talking about. And we go on that for hours or days sometimes, you know, so. Well, it, just in terms of kind of tying this back to your personal relationship with the family. How well did you know Joyce? I grew up with Joyce taking me and Reed or me and Peter, who's in the film as well, to go to like buy baseball cards and comic books. You know, in my opinion, like Joyce seemed like an amazingly cool, uh, loving mother. And it just, you know, and then of course, once her and Randy divorced, she wasn't around as much. But I remember her very vividly from when I was, you know, a child and hanging out with the family. So and Randy as well. This is one thing I, I I truly appreciate about the film, and I truly think that the tact that you took in telling the story is we get a chance to get to know Joyce. I can't think of anything that jumps to mind in terms of judging what happened beyond kind of the the immediate damage that was done to to the, to your brothers and things. I mean, there are there's certainly these are tough discussions there's tough issues uh that surround the film but i thought joyce's the presentation of joyce was really more than fair i mean fair in the in the i think in the truest sense of the word and i don't i didn't i didn't feel like i was being steered in any direction one way or the other on any of this which i think is a real testament to, to the filmmaking you know it's the film is a quest for understanding where we're um just as you know like jason was brought on um as you know a close friend who knows the family and that i felt like i could trust um you know this is this is my family this is uh a family that is still operating that is still working on healing aspects of of trauma that is still working on communication the goal was always to uh, to make this film and then uh, remain a part of that system as well. Be within, make the story, make a dramatic story, tell it, tell it like it is, but always be driving for for understanding, for empathy with all the characters. 
I think that uh, with that, I also get into vulnerability as much as possible. You know, like, you know, where is it that, you know, characters crack? Where is it that, you know, the weaknesses are? What are all the weaknesses in the family, including my own? And and then, you know, where where is where's acceptance? Where is where can we relate? Where can we relate to each of these characters? Um, and I think Joyce for obvious reasons becomes the trickiest um for people to relate to but um through a lot of you know time with her conversations and um thinking about the whole situation i think we get to a really interesting place where we can see you know start to see where she's coming from start to see where this can happen right you know i i think Given the circumstances of what she went through, if I was in her shoes, I don't know if it would have gone much different. Well, Jason, before we wrap up our conversation, you are also a filmmaker. You, you, by the way, producer of the film. But what would you like yeah, people well, to know about I, your, your filmmaking? Yeah, I would just say that like mostly I've been doing feature-length documentaries. So I directed my first two feature docs, Sonic Skate Requiem for a Team in Manzo, Beijing to Shanghai, which were both successful in different ways. And that led me down this path of being a producer and editor. I, I'm just a natural producer and I love to edit. And I've been lucky enough to have a string of feature length documentaries in a row that I've produced and edited, starting with K2, Siren of the Himalayas and Evergreen, The Road to Legalization. But in more recent years, Dirtbag, The Legend of Fred Becky was my last sort of really big release, a feature length climbing doc. You can watch it on Amazon Prime and uh, Super Frenchie, which aired on Nat Geo and uh, September, kind of I dabble in a lot of different things. Sam Now is a really special film because I haven't really gotten to make a really deeply personal documentary. Um, I've been, done sports and adventure and politics and history. To make something that's like this important and heartfelt gives the ultimate honor. And like, I'm so happy to have a project of this kind that's different from the rest of the other documentaries that I've done. And really stands they're all i'm so proud of all of them but like i'm so proud of this one in particular and and the and the that we're going to get it out so widely to the world and it will really legitimately help people and open up conversations and families everywhere yeah i think you're right as we spoke earlier reed and i were talking about the reviews have been spectacular one reviewer described it as the film that changed my life gives you some idea well i want to thank both of you for your time today as well as this wonderful work that we now know as Sam Now. Hopefully you'll find some time to come back and join us again when the opportunity presents itself to Reed Harkness, the director, and to Jason Reed, the producer. Thank you so very much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.